You are about to start on the exciting opportunity of designing a custom home. You have vetted, interviewed, and selected your architect, and you are ready to take action. You might have even had some preliminary discussions around the size of the house, the style of the house, and your budget. And you're about to have your first real meeting with your architect to talk about the design possibilities. So I'm gonna share with you today seven tips on how to prepare for your first meeting with your architect. And these tips are not about how to select and hire an architect. We're assuming for this video that you've already gone through that, you've already selected your architect, and now is what you need to do, what you need to be thinking of and preparing for to get ready for that first meeting. Okay, tip number one is to understand that open and clear communication is very important. I've said it before, but you need to hire an architect not just based upon experience, but also how well you think you can communicate with that architect. Because you're gonna need to be able to speak openly and speak candidly with them about a lot of private matters that relate to you and your family and the way that you live in your home. And this could be about private routines or intimate topics or even finances. And I know finances is not something that most people are comfortable talking about, but you're going to have to come to grips with the fact that you're gonna to have to talk in detail about your finances. And so I don't care how good of an architect they are, if your personalities don't mesh, and if you don't think you can have those that clear, open communication and that back and forth dialogue based upon trust and understanding, then you're setting yourself up for a tough situation. But you've already hired the architect at this point, so I just want you to sort of wrap your mind around getting comfortable with the idea of having these very personal conversations. And it will take some, some time. You know, going into your first meeting, you're not gonna have that back and forth sort of comfort level with your architect from the get-go. Uh, this will develop over time, but just sort of prepare yourself to be open with them. The next thing I want you to do to prepare for your first meeting is to have an open mind about the possibilities. If you come in with a preconceived notion of this is the, how the floor plan is going to be and this is how I want my home to look like, you're going to miss out on opportunities. Design is an exploration. It's iterative. It changes through the phases of design and the more conversations and the more back and forth collaboration that you have with your architect. So if you put on the blinders and say, this is the way it's gonna be, and we just need plans and we can get going, you're gonna miss out on that deep level of exploration that's gonna bring about something really special. Now, you can certainly have opinions on what, what you think will work and not work for your family, and of course you'll have your preferences on style and materials and colors and that sort of thing, and that's great. There's a time and place for that, but it's later down the line. Right now, I want you to, to free yourself from being locked into one solution and then open yourself up to the different possibilities that could come through these in-depth explorations and conversations that you're gonna have with your architect. The number three item to prepare for your first meeting with your architect is to have an idea of your budget, your total budget. 
Now you may have talked about this a little bit when you were interviewing and selecting an architect and hopefully that architect in the interview process gave you an idea of, of if they thought that your budget was in line with the prices that they've been seeing in the market. If not, now's the time to have that conversation and you really just need to wrap your mind around the total project budget, not just construction budget, not just thinking construction budget is your total budget because it's not. Prepare your total budget, subtract the costs and the fees associated with, with getting that project sort of from an idea to, to a reality and then work backwards from there onto, onto the size and, and, and quality of house that you can build. Go back and watch my previous video for more information about budget. Along with this tip, what I don't want you to do is keep your budget a secret. I never quite understood why some clients don't disclose what their budget is to their architect or their contractor. I mean, I guess the thinking could be somewhat along the lines of, oh, the architect is going to spend, if I tell the, uh, my architect or if I tell my contractor what my max budget is, they're gonna spend up to that level. Or another argument I've heard is architects are, are billed based upon percentage. So if I tell them the maximum budget, they're gonna design up to that max budget or even higher so that they can get the most amount of fees. Both of those statements are completely false, at least the way I operate. I usually, I give my clients a fixed fee. It's a known quantity of what my fee is gonna be. You know, if there's changes along the way, then that fee could go up and up or down. But the danger is, if you don't disclose what your budget is, then your architect will not really know if you, if you can afford what they're designing for you. And so that's where you get into trouble. Talk openly about your budget. Have, have an understanding of what the total fees are and what your construction budget is and what your contingency is going to be and then what you're gonna actually be able to use for construction. Tip number four on getting prepared for your first meeting is have your ideas organized and ready. This could be sample images of other houses that you like or other spaces that you like. This could be a list of all the rooms that you wanna have in your house or the approximate sizes of those rooms. I also like to take, it, take that a step further and talk about the furniture that's gonna be going in each, into each of these rooms. These are all things that the architect's gonna to have to design around. So having the conversation early on will avoid delays because if the architect knows not only how many bedrooms that you need, but that you need a queen size bed, a dresser and a desk and a nightstand in each bedroom, then they're gonna design so that furniture will fit. And when it comes to images, what I really want you to do is to not just save a bunch of images because you like them. Save some images and then make some notes somehow, either digitally or analog in a notebook. I want you to write down why you like that particular image. And if you write, write down, I like this image because it's nice or I like this house because it's nice, that's not deep enough. I want you to be specific or at least try to be specific. What is it exactly that you like about that sample house or that sample room or that sample material? The more specific you can be, the better the design will be. Another part of being organized and prepared is to start thinking about what your daily and weekly and yearly routines are. 
What does your morning look like on a weekend versus a weekday? What does your evening look like on a weekend versus a weekday? What is your family's routine in the winter versus the summer? Having your routines written down and thought about is a great way to be prepared for your first meeting. Tip number five on being prepared for your first meeting with your architect is a little similar to tip number three. Tip number three, we talked about budget, but tip number five here, I want you to have an idea of, of the size of house that you wanna build. The size of house, the size of the room. And what I want you to understand is that there's a difference between net square feet and gross square feet. So net square feet is the usable area within a room while gross square feet includes things like the thicknesses of the walls or the space for the closets or the space for the hallways and the space needed for mechanical equipment. And one thing that many homeowners don't understand is that a 10 by 12 bedroom, while it's 120 net square feet, it's gonna be larger than that in terms of your gross square footage. And it's that gross square footage number that you're paying for. You're not paying for the net square footage number, you're paying the contractor for the gross square footage number. And the difference between net square feet and gross square feet, well, that varies house to house, right? How much hallway space you have, how much mechanical space you have, how many closets you have, how much non-usable space that you have. 20% is a good number to start with in terms of an increase from net square feet to gross square feet. And so as you're creating this list of rooms, right? Maybe you list out kitchen, living room, dining room, bathrooms, bedrooms. You list out all these spaces and the, the approximate size that you're hoping each of these rooms will be. And let's just for an example, say if that list comes out to 2,500 square feet. Well, that 2,500 square feet is net. That's your net usable square footage. If you have 2,500 net square feet planned for, well then your house is actually gonna be about 3,000 gross square feet. And this confuses a lot of homeowners, right? Because they think, I only need a 2,500 square foot house, why are you designing a 3,000 square foot house? It's like, well no, the 2,500 is the net square feet, the usable area that you've asked for, but then once you add in the thicknesses of the walls and all those other spaces I mentioned before, the total gross square feet becomes 3,000 square feet. And it's that 3,000 square feet, that, that gross square foot number that you're gonna have to plan their costs around. It, so if you have 3,000 gross square feet, you can multiply that by the, by the average cost per square foot in your region and you can start to have an understanding on what that home will cost you. Tip number six on getting prepared for your first meeting with your architect is to get the ball rolling on getting a survey for your property. Said it before, I'll continue saying it again. You're going to need a survey. That survey is gonna to need to show property lines, great elevations, setbacks, easements, utilities, all that stuff. And while your architect can start designing without the survey, they're only gonna be able to get so far, especially on a small site because the smaller the site, the less buildable area the architect will have to work with. And if you don't have a survey and if you don't know exactly what that area is, you run the risk of, of having something designed too large that won't fit within those setbacks. So get a survey. It's gonna take several months probably from the time that you contact the surveyor until the time that you have that survey in hand. So don't sit around 
and wait for someone to ask you to do that. You know you're moving forward. Just go ahead and get the survey done. And if you want to, you can ask your architect on some recommendations on which surveyors to use. Okay, the final tip for today on getting ready for your first meeting with your architect. This is more of a tip for in the meeting itself, but you can ask your architect before the meeting to start thinking about it. And that way you can have a discussion about this while you're in your meeting. And that is to outline a schedule of when you will have design review meetings. Time is always a big issue, right? There's a limited amount of time. Everyone wants things done right away. And the reality is when you're working on a custom home or even a renovation project, there can be a lot of time wasted by just scheduling and planning meetings. What you don't want, you don't want your architect to work on the design up to a certain level, then call you up or send you an email and say, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready to have a meeting, let's schedule something. Chances are you're not gonna be able to meet that week. Chances are you might not be able to meet the week after. So you're pushed out almost two weeks. And let's say you have three or four meetings during the schematic design phase. And if you're adding two weeks each time just to schedule a meeting, just to find a time that works, well, there's six to eight weeks of just delays of sitting around doing nothing. So what you should do is in this first meeting with your architect, you can say, hey, what is the meeting schedule gonna look like during the design phase? And your architect might say, let's have monthly meetings. And then, then you can just sit back and say, all right, this date and this time works good for us each month. So let's just pencil in that date and time for our monthly meetings. And that way you can plan around it, the architect can plan around it, and you don't waste time going back and forth on, oh, which day works for you? Oh, that day doesn't work for me, let's reschedule to here. And just because you have those meetings set doesn't mean it can't fluctuate by a day or two. Uh, if something comes up, we all know life happens, but at least you have that outline and at least you have that planned for in advance. And you can say, all right, it's October 1st and we're gonna have monthly meetings for the next three months and we're gonna have that on the 15th of the month, right? Or the third Thursday of the month, we're gonna have a design meeting. So you know, third Thursday in October, November, December, you're gonna have those meetings planned for and you can feel assured that by the end of December, by the time you have that third design meeting, chances are the design's gonna be pretty much wrapped up and then the architect can move right into construction drawings and you can get going on your project. But if you sit around and wait in that same time frame, instead of being finished with schematic design at the end of December, well, maybe you're out into the end of January or middle of February, right? And then that, that hasn't even uh, accounted for any holidays, right? So maybe you're into, the, into March by the time that schematic design is done all because you didn't set a schedule for when your meetings are gonna be held. So there you go, set the meetings, get it on the calendar, and keep that momentum going. So that wraps it up for today. Good luck on your project. It's an exciting time when, when you've made that selection of the architect that you want to work with. Chances are you have a, a property that's already purchased if not, you might be entering into a feasibility stage with your architect on evaluating the potential of different pieces of property. 
but it's a really exciting time going from just dreaming about something to taking action and we're gonna actually start having this new home designed for us. And that's, that's a magical moment. And so good luck on your project. And, and just remember, even though it can be stressful at times, I hope you have some fun. wraps up another episode of the home design academy podcast i hope that you learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way please make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice visit my website n3architecture.com for more information and go to the resource section of the website where you can find the book that i wrote the homeowner's guide to residential design and construction as well as some other information that will prepare you for your custom home project Feel free to email me any of your questions to chris at n3architecture.com. Contact me on Instagram. Even if you just want to say hi, just search for n3architecture. You can find me there. Also, I've started a YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, search for n3architecture, follow the YouTube channel. There's some exciting things going on there. Thank you, and I will see you in the next episode.